Welcome, everyone, to the Talking Reef Podcast. Questions and comments are always welcome. Please send them to podcast at talkingreef.com. And don't forget to visit our website at www.talkingreef.com. Now, here's the show. Well, hello, everyone. It's going to be a little bit different show than normal. Um, If you are someone who follows through on the forums, you're going to probably be aware and we're probably one of the people sitting around wanting to see what the show is going to be all about. Um, just to kind of let everybody know, the planned lighting series part four is not going to be coming out today. Um, hopefully that one will make it after the reef keeping show. The reef keeping show edition uh, podcast should be next week and then the lighting series should conclude or pick up after that. Um, for this show, I've got some things to talk about, some things that happened uh, over this past weekend while I was away. Uh, as you can probably tell, I'm kind of kind of work through this off the top of my head. I've got a couple notes written down, but it's not going to be your normal, uh, fully edited, fine-tuned, whatever type thing you want to talk about, or uh, whatever you're used to. So, that being said... If you do follow through on the forums, you know that when I came back, I was I was out uh, I was out of town for a couple of days, and when I came back on Sunday afternoon, I came back to uh, a disaster in my tank, uh, basically resulting in lots and lots of fish death, invertebrate death, and coral death. Uh, pretty widespread. Pretty much impacted everything I have. So, that being said, uh, what I wanted to do is kind of take a minute and talk to everybody about what's going on with my system, what's going on with me, and uh, what all this is, what all this means. Uh, basically, what I want to try to work to is explain to everybody what had happened, what's going on, uh, hopefully get some people to learn from my mistakes so they don't, they don't do the same thing. Um, but basic idea here is, many of you have known and have heard, I've, I've spent some time battling uh, with flatworms. And, uh, well, long and short of it is I had done some flatworm exit treatment. Um, that in and of itself wasn't exactly the problem. And there is a very specific way that you have to use flatworm exit when using it because... Uh, of the side effects when you when you use that product and um, basically I had thought I thought I had accounted for them uh, and made some fatal errors on my part and we'll we'll talk about those uh, so give me about two seconds and I'm gonna pause for a minute and I'll get into those details So, treating for flatworms, that's basically what I did. As a lot of you may know, if you follow through with the threads and the information about my my system, I've got a 100-gallon display tank, uh, and then that's separately plumbed into a 70-gallon Rubbermaid sump or trough that is used as my refugium. And then above the refugium, I've got a 50-gallon frag tank. Uh, Again, they're all plumbed together, uh, but they are in a way that each one can be turned on or off depending on the situation. So basically what I did is um, I treated, I disconnected, uh, you know, turned off all the valves and everything, disconnected the main display tank from the refugium in the frag tank uh, and treated that with the flatworm exit. Now one of the way, the 
Normally the way that you do the flatworm exit is you put in the proper amount per the amount of water that you have. Uh, you let it go. Once you start seeing the flatworms die, you start running your activated carbon and trying to suck out as many of them as you can. The big problem with flatworms uh, and killing them using flatworm exit, the flatworm exit is actually extremely reef safe. It's extremely safe for your tank. The problem is, is when you kill flatworms, um, they essentially excrete the juices inside of the their body. The, you know, everything inside the worm comes out. The stuff inside a flatworm, extremely poisonous. So what happens is when you have a mass amount of flatworms like this, when we're talking thousands or tens of thousands or whatever, and you kill them all at the same time, they all release these juices out and it creates an extremely toxic environment. So what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to run activated carbon and that's going to alleviate a lot of that toxicity out of the water. You're supposed to suck out the flatworms as they start to die because as they start to die, they get blown around in with your current and get put into the water column and you can kind of suck them out. Um, that's just mainly to reduce the amount of flatworms in there and to reduce the amount of excretion that occurs. So that's basically what I did. Uh, I sucked out what I could, I ran the activated carbon, and uh, after uh, about an hour or so, uh, I did, you know, a, a probably a 5, 10, or not 5, probably 10 or 15 gallon water change on the system. And then hooked everything back up. Uh, left the display tank disconnected, uh, ran, you know, and then ran the activated carbon overnight. Uh, obviously everything, you know, I went back down next morning, everything looked good. I hooked everything back up and, and this was mistake number one is I hooked up the display tank back to the refugium and the, uh, frag tank where I treated with that, uh, the flatworm exit. And... That wasn't so much the mistake as the next part was, this is when I went out of town. Um, I know better, and hopefully everybody else will know better. And, uh, you know, you... <laughs> stupid mistake on my part, again. Uh, you don't do something like this before you go out of town. I mean, I know better. I've had, I've had run-ins with, you know, flatworm exit before. Uh, I, I mean, I made a bad assumption that you know, the next day it would have been okay, and it wasn't. And uh, needless to say, uh, I came back uh, a couple days later. Uh, I left on I, a Saturday morning, came back on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, walked into uh, my basement, looked at my tank, and almost every one of my corals were bleached. Uh, I found immediately found two uh, fish dead, uh, two out of my five. Uh, in the third, or two out of my, what was it, yeah, not even, two out of my four. Um, and a third one is still missing. Uh, I've got basically two left that I that are accounted for. I've got one clownfish and one of my two mandarins, uh, my, the male mandarin I have accounted for. The female mandarin is still unaccounted for. Uh, also, I noticed that uh, the multiple snails... The, and stuff that were dead or looked very ill. My cleaner shrimp was uh, on the verges of dying. Uh, my peppermint shrimp looked fine and still to this day looks to be fine. Uh, all the peppermint shrimp, I've got three throughout the system. Uh, so lots of lots of die-off. 
uh, again, the, the corals were, that was the, the thing that just jumped out the most. I mean, you could just look at them and tell that they were all not doing good. So what's the first thing I do? You know, I come home, all my lights weren't on. My lights usually come on later in the afternoon. So I kicked down all my lights uh, so I could start working in the tank because I knew, okay, I've got to, you know, I knew what had happened. I knew it was the, the, the flatworm stuff that I had done. So I needed to start doing some water changes. So I kicked down all my lights. Yeah, that was a huge mistake. Uh, so the, one of the things that I kind of want to get across here is one of, I think one of the biggest mistakes I made was I had an environment uh, with all of my corals extremely stressed and on the edge. Okay. I mean, there was a lot of toxic stuff in the water and I just kicked on the lights and you know within two hours of me kicking on the lights and you know again I'm, I'm doing this based off my observations I can't I didn't have a control I didn't have a tank where I turn the lights on versus a tank I didn't turn the lights on I don't know if it was exactly the lights but I'll tell you after I turn the lights on uh, within about two hours all of the corals all of my Acropora, well, not all of them, most of my Acropora corals that were, the parts of the coral that were directly facing the light, essentially, we start, started succumbing to RTN, rapid tissue necrosis. The tissue just started coming off, flaking off, peeling off, um, which is still occurring to this day. It still, has not, it still hasn't totally stopped. Most of my corals are, um, most of them are dead. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of corals that I've been working with in growing for years now, um, dead. Um, in most cases, uh, I still have some parts of the coral that are still alive. Although, um, as I mentioned at this point, some of them are still, you know, there's still tissue I'm seeing come off of them and I don't know how much is going to be salvageable or if I'm going to be able to save them. I mean, in order for me to work on saving a coral, I've got to have a part of it that's still alive. And I'm still trying to work on, on what's still alive. So um, essentially, let me get back to my story here. After disconnect, you know, after uh, turning the lights on, uh, I, I disconnected all the tanks, separated them all from each other, uh, started doing, removing water, uh, you know, a common thing is, okay, let's start doing water changes. No, I did not test, you know, uh, my regular levels, you know, ammonia and stuff like that before doing this. I mean, frankly, I didn't really care. I knew there was a problem and I needed to get some the water changed out of there. Uh, so I started taking water out. Uh, I took probably about a total of 30 gallons out of the system as a whole uh, between the three tanks separately. Um, the idea, you know, at this point was I started pulling water out with everything disconnected. Um, once I got the water out of my display tank, I started running activated carbon within there. Uh, the idea here was, uh, you know, if I've got 100 gallons in this tank and I'm going to take, you know, 15 gallons out, then I'm, that's 15 gallons less that I'm going to be have, having to filter through. So I didn't start the activated carbon until I got the water out of there. Uh, I let that sit for a little bit as I started, you know, with all the tanks, with the water removed, the water that I could take out, I had it all out. I started prepping the new water, getting the temperature and the salinity up and stuff like that. Uh, slowly started replacing the water and uh, getting thing, get, trying to get things hooked back up. Uh, you know, in the process of 
turning on some of the plumbing, I ran into disaster number two. And it wasn't a total disaster, uh, thankfully, because I had planned appropriately. And this is a lesson I'd like everybody to uh, take very, you know, listen to very carefully. I know uh, if you follow through the forums, it's been it's been mentioned before. But uh, the lines, the return lines that return water to my uh, system, I was adjusting the valves on them because I wanted a real low flow as I was returning water back into the system. And in the process, uh, I had pulled apart one of the connections behind the tank. And this is a connection, it was a, a type of coupler, it was a pressure coupler. Uh, I, I don't know exactly if it wasn't put together properly or if just over the course of the last few months it's it's kind of worked itself you know, loose. I'm not exactly sure. Regardless, that's not really the point. Uh, the point was is it came loose and started spraying water everywhere. Now, what's usually behind your tank? Your plugs. So it literally sprayed water all over every single electrical outlet and, outlet and plug that I have underneath my tank. So the bad news here is I lost power to everything all at once. Now, the good thing is my pump immediately shut off. <laughs> um, the you know, bad thing is that now I've got water everywhere. Uh, you know, standing in this, this, this um, very easily could have been um, a very se serious injury for me, if not death, from electrocution. Uh, but the thing that saved me is the GFI outlets that I had installed on, uh, in the wall that everything had plugged into. Now, you know, it's been talked about a lot, and I cannot stress the importance of having GFI plugs. Uh, do not attempt any type of work. Do not set up a tank. Do not put it near, anywhere near plugs. Do not use plugs that aren't, that aren't GFI protected. Uh, essentially, what happens, the water hit the plug, caused a short, pop the breaker on the GFI plugs, and just cut the power. Once I got everything out of there, got everything cleaned up, uh, I ran new power to stay away from the water in the back. I ran a separate line from a different spot uh, in one of my other rooms, also on GFI. Got power restored back to the system. You know, the last thing I need right now is no water current in the tank, so I had to get some of my power heads moving, uh, moving some of the water around. Um, so, I mean, as you can see, it was just one, one thing after another, after another. And as I'm going through this, I'm, I'm finding new things. I'm finding more snails dead. I'm finding, you know, I'm slowly watching my cleaner shrimp die as it wastes away. Cause it, it just can't, it, it's just not doing good. Um, shorten out everything, all my electrical stuff gets shortened out. Uh, so, I mean, basically... You know, let's kind of go back to what's going on. I mean, I at this point, the rest of the story is is pretty much straightforward. Um, you know, I had the water out. I started getting the water back in, refilling the tanks. Um, it took me a couple. It took me till the next day to get all the tanks filled because obviously I didn't have enough water sitting on hand. I normally only keep twenty at the most twenty five gallons of water made up. Uh, so I guess tip number three or lessons learned number three is make sure you have enough water made up. Uh, this led to uh, a second, third, fifth, tenth, whatever freaking problem 
Uh, although fortunately it wasn't to, you know, didn't have any serious disasters that I've noticed. Um, uh, but I had left my frag tank disconnected that night because I didn't have enough water to keep everything all running at the same time. So I had to keep the water level low in there. Uh, if I had connected it, then I would have run my sump dry or down too low, run the return pump dry, and it would have just been a mess and I would have burned down my pump. So I left the frag tank disconnected overnight. Well, obviously, uh, when you have a sump type system and you keep all of your heaters in your sump or your refugium, what happens when you disconnect the tank? Yeah. So the next morning I went down there and I had reached into the tank to to move something and the water was rather cold. Temperature reading of about 72 to 74 degrees. Now thankfully it wasn't low enough to kill anything. Uh, I got the water back in there. I got it hooked up. I had disconnected the display tank and reconnected the frag tank. So this, the point was I didn't want, you know, I'm going to turn the lines back on and all of this, I got 50 gallons of 72, 74 degree water that's going to start going into my refugium. I did not want that then going into my display tank, lowering the temperature in there too. You know, I'm trying to just reduce the amount of stress on the system as a whole. So I worked the temperature back up in there, got the water levels back up, reconnected all the systems, got everything working back together. And that's pretty much where I've been sitting since then. Um, I have really, I've cut the photo period down to, you know, really, really small amount. Yesterday I ran uh, two separate photo cycles. I basically twice throughout the day I turned on my, my actinic lights, let them run for about a half hour, then turned on my metal halides, let them go for about an hour. Turn the metal halides off, let the um, actinics go for another half hour. So it was about a two-hour photo period. And then later on, late in the evening, uh, about nine-ish or so, I did the same thing. Uh, turn the actinics on, metal halides on, so on and so forth. Uh, today, I'm doing the same thing, only I'm doing it with one photo period for a longer period of time. So I turned on the metal the actinics for about half hour 45 minutes i'm going to leave the metal halides on for a couple hours and then i'm going to turn those off uh, i'm going to go through this slowly uh, working up the length of the actinic lights not so much the length on the metal halide lights uh, over the last couple months i found that your tank really only needs a couple hours of metal halide lighting and it will do just fine so i'm going to work on extending the the photo period of the actinic lights. I'm going to leave the metal halides at about two hours for the rest of the week. Uh, next week I'm going to start working that up a little bit. Essentially what I'm going to be doing here is re-acclimating my entire system to uh, the lighting. Uh, how necessary is this really? I, I can't say for sure. Um, but what I can say is that it, they, they will be getting um, a decent amount of light and I'm going to be slowly working them up and I do know that when I turn them on it caused some serious serious damage to every coral that I had in there now let's talk about what was what was affected um, as far as my Acropora I have essentially two left out of probably about 10 different species I have two left that were not seriously impacted um, both of them are well I've got a, a blue millipora that seems to be doing quite well, uh, very minor bleaching. 
um, almost no necrosis, uh, uh, tissue necrosis. Uh, I've got a green millipora that did succumb to uh, some tissue necrosis and bleaching, although there is still a lot of tissue and visible polyps uh, left on there. I've got a green slimer, an acropora yangi, uh, that is pretty much the same situation as a green millipora. Uh, it's got a lot of bleaching and necrosis, necrosis, but I can still see a lot of polyps on there. I've got a lot of unknown uh, acroporas, you know, some table acro that's very, very sick. Um, I've got another one, if a lot of people remember from the thread, uh, I had one that I was I was rescuing. It was uh, very sick in the fish store. I had I received it, was doing just phenomenal, getting great coloration, great polyp extension. That one is um, a lot of necrosis, um, but almost totally bleached. Uh, as of today, it's still recoverable if I can get my system back together. Um, I also had that Echinopora, the same one I was recovering. I'm sure a lot of you people saw that, the pictures in the forums. That one is is was very seriously um, bleached and uh, lots of necrosis. So that one, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to save that one. Um, and the, the really goes through the rest of my corals. I mean, the only I've had two one coral that really didn't seem impacted, and that was my my plate coral. Yeah, they're my fun. It was a, the fungia plate coral. Um, my pagoda cup had not not some not so much serious damage, um, but you could tell that it was not doing well. Uh, almost all the polyps were purging. Um, a lot of them. Uh, not a lot, but I had probably a small handful, 10 or 15 polyps actually died off and um, you can, they're, they're no longer there. But overall, there's still a lot of color. Uh, today when I, when I got down there, they were all, they were all extended and I, visible. Um, both my clams appear totally unaffected by the situation. Uh, my clownfish, not happy, having a hard time coping, um, but still alive. My male mandarin is still alive, although doesn't stay out long enough for me to really get a determination on health. Uh, anemone, my rose bubble tip anemone was not happy, moved a little bit. Thankfully, um, not a lot, so it hasn't disrupted anything just yet. But uh, um, again, most of my corals uh, very close to death or on their way. So uh, it's been a rough couple days. Uh, I just wanted to kind of let everybody know what's going on and what had happened with my system. Uh, my time in the forums is going to be minimal uh, over the next week or two. Uh, I'm still going to be working on podcasts and getting those out to you. Uh, expect one next week, uh, and then I'll uh, we'll finish up the the lighting series after that. Uh, so um, I will continue to probably provide updates in the forums as to what's going on. Uh, you know, if anybody's curious or cares about the status of the corals, uh, you know find out which ones live and which ones don't um, you can follow through talkingreef.com uh, thank, thanks for sitting through this with me uh, it's kind of a lot I didn't really want to write up a full post I'd rather just take a couple minutes and talk about it and uh, and go from there uh, didn't mean to give everybody I don't know uh, come with such a, a morbid show or sad whatever but that's that's the way things go. So make sure that you know everybody is properly prepared for these situations. Uh, make sure you're very careful when doing treatments. Make sure that you have your GFI outlets. 
make sure that your plumbing is set up in a way that if anything like this happens, certain tanks become disconnected or certain things get plugged up, they um, will accommodate that. Uh, some of the things that were, did help me is when I was forced to quickly shut off certain components, my system was able to handle the, the excess water flows, able to handle all everything that happened to it. From an equipment standpoint, my system did great and did just as it was expected to do. Um, so anyways, I'm going to quit rambling on, um, let you go. I've got some things that I've got to do tonight and, um, hopefully get this show published to everybody real soon. So, um, that's going to wrap it up for this week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks a lot.